We're going to talk a while again on the blessed life. Amen? The blessed life. So if you would turn in your Bibles this morning uh, to the book of Genesis, and we're going to notice in verse uh, 28 once again, kind of our golden text for this series on the blessed life. Praise God. Here's what God said in Genesis 1:28, And God blessed them. And God said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moveth or creepeth upon the earth. Aren't you ladies glad that God gave you dominion over creeps? And all the women said, Amen. So this is God's covenant. This is this blessing wasn't just for Adam. This blessing and this blessed life stands forever because he does not change. Psalm 33:11 says this, the counsel, the plan, the purpose of the Lord stands forever. The plans of his heart to all generations. I am so glad that Adam's sin did not change the plan of God. I'm telling you that God's work in Jesus was much, much greater than Satan's work in Adam. Nothing can stop and nothing can change the blessing and nothing, if you have a heart for it, can keep you from living the blessed life. Amen? And by the way, whatever you've done in the past doesn't change the plan of God. God's calling upon you is irrevocable. It cannot be changed. He loves you with an everlasting love. All you've got to do is turn to Him, repent, and His blood will cleanse you from all unrighteousness. And you know what? That is such good news. Amen? See, God is a God who... Declares the end from the beginning. Notice with me in Isaiah, he says, declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times, things that are not yet done. You see, in the mind of God, it's already done. It is finished. Saying this, my counsel shall stand and I will do all of my pleasure. Whatever case I maniste levrando capaceene, Whatever He has spoken to you in the Word, whatever He has shown you by the Spirit of God does not change. So do not cast away your confidence, but turn to Him, rely on Him, have a heart to see His will being done and fulfilled completely in your life. You know the will, you find the will, now fulfill the will of God in your life. Amen? Amen? That's what the Spirit is saying. Thank God the Holy Ghost is talking to us this morning. Amen? Amen. Glory to God. (laughs) Hallelujah. And so God's will at the end is the same as his will in the beginning. And that is for us to live the blessed life. In Genesis 17, you know, Adam messed up, but God had a plan from before the foundation of the world, Jesus, the lamb slain. And so he reintroduces his plan into the earth. He makes a covenant with a man by the name of Abram. And in Genesis 17, we begin in verse 1. It says, when Abram was 90 years old and 9. Think about that. 
a 99-year-old man has a visitation from El Shaddai, the God who is more than enough. I don't know what your age is, but God is no respecter of persons. If he was El Shaddai to Abram, he's El Shaddai to you. Whether you're in your teens, your 20s, your 30s, your 40s, your 60s, yea, even your 70s, El Shaddai is your God and even your 80s. Amen. He's the God that's more than enough. He appeared to him and he said unto him, I'm El Shaddai. I'm Almighty God. Now, here's what I want you to do. I simply want you to walk before me and be thou perfect. I want you to develop in your covenant mindset so that you can grow into the things that I have for you. Now, notice with me in verse 2. What kind of covenant is this? And I will make my covenant between me and you, and I will multiply thee exceedingly. Hallelujah. And so it's an exceeding great covenant. And I will make the exceeding fruitful. When we come into contact with this covenant, we can live a fruitful life. And I will make nations of thee, and notice this, and kings shall come out of thee. You know, I'm looking at a, a, a group of kings and priests in the house today. Amen? Now read verse 7 with me. And I will establish my covenant between me and thee, and thy seed after thee and their generations for an everlasting covenant to be a God unto thee and to thy seed after thee. Woo, hallelujah. An everlasting covenant. And we have discovered this in recent days that if we be Christ, then we are Abraham's seed. And you and I were heirs according to the promise. The promise is fruitfulness. The promise is multiplication. The promise is blessed coming in and blessed going out. That is the promise of God to you. And the good news is this. Your education doesn't qualify you. Your intelligence does not qualify you. But being in Christ qualifies you for this blessing. How many are in Christ? Therefore, you are in great position and you are qualified for the blessed life. Now look at Psalm 35 and verse 27. Amen. We got any praisers in the house today? Ha, ha, ha. We're praising from presence. We're worshiping Him from presence. We're praying from presence. Notice this with me. Let them shout for joy and be glad. Well, what are we shouting about? And what are we glad about? Well, because we favor his righteous cause. And his righteous cause is multiple. It's feeding the poor. It's visiting the sick. It's ministering to the homeless. It's supporting missionaries. It's reaching the lost. It's healing the hurting. And it's maturing the believer. That is his righteous cause. And when we are united to his cause, it cannot help but bring joy. When you live your life to be a blessing and to dispense good to others, you got something to shout about, brother. You'll wake up in the morning and the sky will be bluer. And the grass will be greener. And life will look better. And life will be better. So I want us to do about three seconds of shout right now. One, come on. One, two, three. Glory. Okay, that's enough. That's enough. We don't want to... We don't want to get 
too extreme. <laughs> but now he said in verse 25, 27, let him shout for joy and be glad. Being glad is the opposite of being sad. The happiest people on this earth, John, are people that live their lives for the Lord. The happiest people on this earth are people that step outside of themselves, step outside of the selfish life, and live their life selflessly for the cause of Christ and for the advancement of the kingdom of God. And you know, I am looking at several of you that are in that case. Amen? Happy is the people whose God is the Lord. Happy is the people who are in such a case. Amen? I didn't say you're a case. You're in such a case. Okay, we can do five seconds now. Come on, let's shout. Glory. Woo. <laughs> okay, now stop. Let him shout for joy and be glad that favor my righteous cause. Now notice. Because you're happy and because you're glad and because you're favoring righteous cause, you then must continually say, let the Lord be magnified. What does that mean? Magnify yourself in my life. Magnify yourself through my life. Lord, be magnified in my church. Be magnified here in the Bay Area. Let them say continually, let the Lord be magnified. Now notice with me. Which hath pleasure in what? He has prosperity in the prosperity of his servants. Now say that with me. Say with me. He takes great pleasure in prospering me. We need to say it again. He takes great pleasure in prospering my life. Now, the Hebrew word for prosper is shalom. Now, let me give you a few quick definitions of what shalom means. Here's what God takes great pleasure in. He takes great pleasure in your soundness. He takes great pleasure in your welfare. When you're doing good, He takes great pleasure in that. Also, He takes great pleasure in your safety. He, take, he went to such a degree to take great pleasure in your safety, He gave His angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. He takes great pleasure in your safety. Don't buy into the fact that you have to have an accident every now and then. And another definition is this, He takes great pleasure in your health. Did you know that He's for your body? Why? Because your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. And your body is the vehicle that carries your spirit around so that you can fulfill His righteous cause in the earth today. He takes great pleasure in you being healthy. But not only that, He takes great pleasure in your prosperity. But another word for prosper there is He takes great pleasure in your peace. It gives God great pleasure to see you not worrying. He doesn't want you to worry. He doesn't want you to fret. He doesn't want you to stay up night at night and try to figure it all out. Folks, He's got it all figured out already. All you've got to do is trust Him. You see, 
When we cast our cares over on the Lord, the Bible says the peace of God that passes all understanding, it'll keep something. What will it keep? It'll keep our hearts, but it'll also keep our minds. Do our minds need to be kept? Is there not attack an attack against the soul of God's people? Is there not attacks that come against our minds, our wills, and our emotions? Amen. To stop that attack, we must cast all of our cares upon the Lord. And here's what will happen. His peace that passes all understanding shall mount guard and garrison around your life like a group of soldiers in a turbulent country and keep you in peace that passes understanding. Oh, hallelujah. I like that, don't you? And so he keeps us in peace. He keeps us tranquil. He keeps us content. So what we need to do is stop wondering and start declaring shalom, shalom, nothing missing and nothing broken in my life. The Young's literal translation says it like this. And I love Young's. He said, they sing and rejoice. That's another way of saying shouting and being glad. They sing and rejoice who are desiring my righteousness and they continually Declare Jehovah is magnified who is desiring the peace of his servant. Folks, the blessed life is a life of shalom. The blessed life is a life filled with peace. The blessed life is a life where you're strong. The blessed life is a life where you can be a blessing to other people. And everyone said, Amen. Did you know that God puts us in families? And He takes those who are bound and He brings them into prosperity? That's found in Psalm 68 and verse 6. He says, He's the father of the fatherless. He's a defender of widows. He is the God of in His holy habitation. Read verse 6 with me. God sets the solitary in families. He brings out those that are bound where? Amen. Young says it this way. He brings out bound ones into prosperity. You're in the family of God. We are in the kingdom of God. The family of God. It's the father and his family. He brings those that have been bound by life's circumstances. He brings the solitary into families, into community. And that's the value of the local church. In the local church, we have all sorts of people from all different walks of life and different circumstances. But as a family, when we come together, oh, I'm telling you what, there is no good thing God will withhold from this family. He will enrich us with His blessing. He will enrich us with His presence. Amen? And you know what? For many of you who are looking for purpose... For many of you who are looking toward God for His plan for your life, you'll find it in an atmosphere like this. You'll find it in the family and in the community of believers. Amen? There's just something special about when we come together. There's something special when we come together. We exhort one another. We encourage one another. We build one another up. Say it with me. He brings out those... Who are bound into prosperity. 
I want to encourage you this morning. Don't just settle for mere church attendance. Don't just settle for being part of a group. You know, don't settle for that. Keep following God. Keep, keep moving with God. Don't quit. And stay in the Word and God will bring you in. Amen? Now, how many of you remember last week we talked about Abraham's obedience? That's two of you. Well, we don't want to go back to last week's message. But the gist of it is this. Is that obedience qualifies us for God's greater blessings. And that God will not entrust the disobedient with greater blessings. Just like he will not entrust the unfaithful with greater blessings. No, he's not going to do that. Now, he's a God of blessing, and he blesses many as far as he can. But there are things that you and I can do to qualify for greater blessing. If you be willing, for example, and obedient, what are you going to eat? You're going to eat the good of the land. You see, the Bible says that a faithful man... If a faithful man shall abound with blessings, what shall an unfaithful man abound with? Nothing. Nothing. Uh-uh. So obedience and faithfulness qualifies you and opens the windows, if you would, for greater blessing in your life. How many of you want greater blessing? Well, that's all of us. Amen. So Abraham was called of God to leave his home. He said, now I want you to get out and I'm going to show you a place where you are to go. Abraham had to be obedient to the prompting of God. Otherwise, verse 2 of Genesis 12 never would have come to pass. Verse 2 says, and I will bless thee. If you will follow me, I will bless thee. If you will obey me, I will bless thee. And not only will I bless thee, but I will make thee a blessing. And not only will I bless you and make you a blessing, all the people in the earth shall bless you, shall be blessed when they bless you. Amen? Glory to God. And so, think about it just for a moment. He brought Abraham out into his blessing place. Now, I'm going to make a statement that you're going to have to listen to the rest of the message for to really get the full impact of this statement. And the statement is this, the blessing of God and the favor of God is place dependent. The blessing of God and the favor of God is place dependent. Now, look at Colossians chapter 1 verse 13. So God brought Abraham out... But he didn't just bring him out, he brought him into his blessing place. Now he's done the same thing for you and I. In Colossians 1.13 he says, Who has delivered us from the power of darkness? Aren't you glad you are not in darkness anymore? No more darkness. No more darkness means no more bondage. No more bondage means no more down days. No more bondage means no more darkness in any area of your life. So he brought us out. He brought you out. He brought you out, Jose. He brought you out, Tony. He brought you out, Jose. I'll point my finger at myself. Mark, he brought you out. 
Hallelujah. I'm a gene. He brought you out. But now notice this. He didn't just bring us out. He also brought us in. Say with me, he brought me out to bring me in. What did he bring us into? Who has delivered us from the power of darkness and translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. There's two kingdoms. The kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is much, much greater than the kingdom of darkness. Because in the kingdom of God, there is righteousness, there is peace, and there is joy in the Holy Ghost. In the kingdom of God, your days of darkness are over. No more bondage. No more withdrawing from drugs. No more. No mas. Say with me, I've been brought out. And he brought me in. Now notice in Deuteronomy 6, 23. This is so good. Woo, glory. Amen. I'm about ready to shout. Deuteronomy 6, 23 says, He brought us out from there that He might bring us in. To give us the land which He sware unto our fathers. That's Deuteronomy 6, 23. He brought you out to bring you in. Think about it. He brought us out to save us from a horrible pit. He brought us out to save us from a hopeless past. But He brought us in to seat us in heavenly places. He brought you in to enjoy your position in Him. He brought you in to endue you with power from on high. He brought you in. Now listen. He brought you in to your blessing place. Say it with me, the blessing of God and the favor of God is place dependent. Those that are in darkness, you don't need to repeat, those that are in darkness, even though they may have great wealth, they're not in their blessing place. Because the blessing place is not just about having money. The blessing place is much more than money. It includes money, but the blessing place, oh, it's a place where you want to be. It's a place where you want to live. Amen? Glory to God. Say with me, I'm always in the right place at the right time. I'm doing the right thing with the right people. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Psalm 66, verse 12. Look at this now. Psalm 66. We're going to work with this just a little while longer because I want you to get some things today. Psalm 66, verse 12 says this. Thou hast caused men to ride over our heads. We went through fire and through water. How many of you have been through fire and through some water? How many of you are going through some things right now? The good news, he'll bring you out. But notice this, we went through fire and through water, but you have brought us into what kind of a place? He's brought us into a wealthy place. Now, I like what 
the New King James Version says about wealthy place. The New King James Version says this, But you have brought us out to a place of rich fulfillment. Think about that. Your blessing place is a place where you are fruitful. And God has a place like that for everyone that is here today. I mean, we're fruitfulness, we're harvest. I mean, where you are making a difference in your life and you are making a difference in other people's lives. You and I, we are special people, especially called by a very special God. You and I have a God-ordained place, now listen, where we fit. We have a God-ordained place where we fit and where we flourish. That's your place of rich fulfillment. That's your wealthy place. Now here's an interesting verse of Scripture. Look at Acts 27, or Acts 17, verse 26. And we're going to look at it in the Amplified Version. Say with me, I'm receiving today. I'm getting something this morning. In Acts 17, 26. Now notice this. And he made from one common origin, one source, one blood, all nations of men to settle on the face of the earth. That'll take care of racism right there. I said we're one blood. We serve one God. It's one blood. Whether you be Caucasian, African, Asian, whatever the case may be, we are all one blood. And we are a kingdom where one blood has been shed for every one of us. Whoa, hallelujah. And so, one blood of all nations, ethnos, the nations, of men to settle on the face of the earth. This is interesting. Having definitely determined, that means it's exact, that means it's precise. We need to know that God is a precise God. He's not unclear, He's very clear. He's not inaccurate, He's very accurate. He placed us in this time and in this place for a divine purpose. I'm glad I was born in 1950 and not 1800. If I was born in 1800, I sure wouldn't be here right now. And neither would you be. We wouldn't be coming in our automobiles. We'd be coming in a covered wagon. But you see, God establishes the generations as it has pleased Him. And I believe that we are the generation that very possibly could see the coming of the Lord. I believe that we are the generation that very possibly could hear the trumpet sound. And Jesus descend with a shout, with the voice of the archangel. Somebody says, what in the world is a shout about? The shout is about, he's been waiting for years and years and centuries and centuries to come get his bride. Hallelujah. There's going to come a day where he's going to look at the Father and say, is it now? Is it now? And the Father's going to give him the nod and Jesus is going to shout. So anyway. (laughs) 
Woo! Ha, ha, ha! We're going to be caught up, man. Woo! Rabashandai! Caught up in the air. In a moment of time. In the twinkling of an eye. Woo! And the family in heaven. And the family in earth. Is going to be joined together. Oh, what a day it will be. When our Jesus we shall see. Oh, what a day it will be. When our loved ones we shall... Oh, glory to God. Jesus is coming soon. Morning or night or noon. Get ready, 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 get ready. And stay ready, ready, ready because he's coming soon. Ha. Ha. And until he comes, let us find our place, fulfill our place, and let us occupy until he comes. I didn't know all that was in there. And he made from one common origin, one source, one blood, all nations. Now listen. Of men to settle on the face of the earth, having definitely determined their allotted periods of time. You're not here by accident. You are not an accident. Yeah, but my parents made an accident, but God didn't. There's no such a thing as accidents when it comes to births. Come on, somebody. There's no such a thing as oops. No. God knows. God's hand. The DNA of God is all over you, man. And don't you let the devil ever tell you any differently. Thank you for that golf clap. That felt kind of nice. I'm feeling it, man. I'm not James Brown up here, but I'm telling you today, I feel good. I knew that I would. I'm not going to do the James Brown, but I'm going to shout unto God because He is alive, He is Lord, and He's coming soon. Thank you, Lord. Having definitely determined, I'm a gene, He definitely determined your time and your season. And I'm a gene, you are a blessing. you hear that confidence? Yes, I am. Yes, I, I am blessed. I am compassion. I'm gracious. I'm radiant with joy. Oh, yes, I am. And so are you. Having definitely determined their allotted periods of time and their fixed boundaries of their habitation or their place. Everyone say place. Their settlements, their lands, and their abodes. We were not just born at any time. Our times and our places have been predetermined. Now, it's very interesting. We talked about wealthy place. That word place there in the Hebrew means location or spot. But it also means a condition. What this is saying to us is that God has a wealthy location and condition for us in the location that He has predetermined 
and marked out for us. Say it with me, the blessing of God and the favor of God, it's place dependent. Folks, I'm telling you, there's a location for you. And there's a condition where you excel and where you prosper like no other. It's your wealthy place. It's your place of rich fulfillment. It's your blessing place. So location and condition are connected. When we came to California in 1982, we came directed by the Holy Spirit, not knowing what awaited us here in California. If we had waited and stayed in Minnesota until whatever happened, if we had made confessions of faith, confessions of faith, we could have made confessions of faith till we were blue in the face. But if we were not in the right location, our condition would have suffered. Are you listening? Now you got to listen to this. I'm glad that he led us. And you know, when you're in the right location and you are having the right condition, he will hook you up with the right people. I'm so glad that you're here today. It's much better to preach to people than to empty chairs. But I'm so glad back in the early 80s that I met Pastor Tom and Kimberly. And that I met Pastor Nancy. We have been together for over 36 years. You see, their blessing and their favor is place dependent. They're in the right place. Therefore, their condition, hallelujah, is what it should be. Folks, understand this. I love the faith message. But you can make confessions to your blue in the face. But if you're unfaithful, if you're disobedient, and you've got one foot in the world and one foot in God, there need to be some adjustments made. For your condition to change, there must be some changes on the inside. Somebody says, you're getting heavy now. Just wait a minute. Here's Here's what I believe the Lord gave me. This wealthy place is a place of grace, right? Which enables us to run our race and to finish our course. Now, it is not up to you or to me to decide what our location is. It's not up to you to decide or me to decide. It's up to us to discover it. There's a difference between decision and discovering. Discovering comes from presence. Discovering comes from being in the presence of God and the plan of God and the location being unfolded. Now, one way to discover our place is to take an inventory of God's grace in our life. 
what will help you and me to identify our place is by our grace. What's he put in you? I'm looking at a lot of people this morning. Some of you have five talents. Some of you have two talents. Some of you have one talent. But there's not a person in here that does not have a talent and a grace to bring a supply for the cause of Christ. Not one of you. And don't get bummed out by the person that has the five if you're the one with the two. The same reward belongs to the five, the two, and the one. You are all going to hear, well done. Thou good and faithful servant. You see, magnify the grace God's given you. Some of you are outstanding with numbers. Others of you are outstanding in music. There's others that are outstanding. And just, you just have a gift of charisma where you just you love people and you, you, you just, you're just there for them. There's a place like that for you in this place. Somebody help the preacher. And here's what I know. I'm not going to tell you what I think. I'm going to tell you what I know. When you get in the right location, you'll have a great condition. And you will be taken care of in that place. You Come on, somebody. I'm not saying you'll never have a challenge, you'll never have a test. But thank God, by the grace of God, your tests will be testimonies. And your crisis will be turned around for the glory of God. Every one of us have had some crisis. But I'm looking at you today. You're breathing. Your eyes are open for the most part of you. You're here today. You'll be taken care of. Yeah, but but pastor, what about global warming? Don't even go there. But what about, what about, Pastor, what about Mother Earth? Earth is not my mother. Hey, the Earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. I'm not advocating being, uh, being wasteful. I'm not advocating not doing your due diligence. But what I am advocating is he's the father of heaven. He's the father of earth. And until he's done with this earth, you can count on his people having more than more than enough. Because he is El Shaddai, the God who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Are you all good? Now, we haven't received the offering. Now, now, here's the temptation for a pastor. Because when you go to almost 1230, then people check out on you. But not today. Look at your and say, not you. Not today. In Genesis 22, in verse 1, it says... It came to pass that after these things, God tested Abraham and he said to him, here I am. This was not a test to destroy Abraham. This was a test to approve Abraham. 
to prove that he was faithful. And the thing that God required of Abraham was to take his son, his only son Isaac, and offer him as a burnt offering unto the Mount Moriah, in Mount Moriah. Isaac was the one that they had believed for for years. But the Bible says that as soon as Abraham heard that, he saddled up his donkey and he headed out to that place. And they got to that place and he put Isaac on the altar. And Isaac said to Abraham, Abraham, I see the fire, I see the wood, but where's the offering? And here's what God said to Abraham. Here's what Abraham said to his son Isaac. He said, Son, son, my God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering. So the two of them went to fulfill the test that Abraham was tested with. Say it with me, my God will provide. That's prophetic. Because Abraham didn't withhold his son, his only son. God the Father did not withhold his son, his only son. My God will provide is a statement that my God will provide Jesus, the lamb slain before the foundation of the earth. And so Abraham stretched out his hand to take his son Isaac's life. And the angel called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And Abraham said, I'm right here, I'm right here. And the angel said, no, 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 don't do that. Now I know that you are worthy. I know that you have not withheld your son. And all of a sudden, there's a rustling in the thicket over there. And there's a ram over there. And the ram steps up to be the burnt offering that day in place of Isaac. Come on, somebody. But I want you to see something in verse 14. I paraphrase that. Genesis twenty-two fourteen, And I want you to read it with me. Ready, read. And Abraham called the name of the place the Lord will provide as it is said this day in the mount of the Lord it shall be seen. The Lord will provide is Jehovah Jireh. In the mount of the Lord it shall be provided. In the mount of the Lord it shall be seen. Listen very carefully. God saw ahead of time what the need was. And he provided the ram in the thicket. He is the pro, the one who goes before, vider. He has vision of exactly where you're at today. And he will go to great lengths if you will get in the right place to make sure that any ram that you might need in your life will show up and your need will be met. Say it with me. He sees before what I need and sets it in motion. Now listen very carefully. It wasn't just that God was Jehovah Jireh. The place was Jehovah Jireh. He was Jehovah Jireh when Abraham was in the right place doing the right thing. So what are the factors here? The factors are this. The leading of God is connected to the provision of God. It's not only obedience to what, 
But it's also obedience to where? In the right place. At the right time. Doing the right thing. With the right people. The blessing and favor of God is place dependent. So the question I have for you today, and I don't want to get heavy. But the question I have with you, for you, is what, where are you at? What is the condition of your heart? Are you in the right place with God? Are you in the right place in your relationships? Are you in the right place with your commitment to bring your tithes and offerings to the Lord? Are you in the right place in your attitudes? Are you in the right place with your faithfulness? And if you're in the right place... You're in your wealthy place. And you can expect a wealthy condition. Hallelujah. It starts by heart. The condition of your heart. Do you know in your heart that Jesus is in your heart? If you know that Jesus is in your heart, raise your hand right now. Looking all over the auditorium. You can put your hand down. If you want to make Jesus your Lord and Savior... And you want the condition of your heart to be changed. I want you to raise your hand right now. All over this auditorium. Everyone in the house is born again. So place your hand over your heart. And pray this with me. Heavenly Father. I receive your word today. It was a word in season. For me. I invite you. Precious Holy Spirit. To lead me. To direct me to have the lights go on in my heart. Help me, Lord, to be in the right place at all times with you in the right church with the right attitudes, bringing the right supply for the kingdom of God. Show me, Holy Spirit, what I need to see. Help me, Lord. To walk in the fullness of my wealthy place. I determine in my heart that I'm living the blessed life in Jesus' name.